Beijing. Exactly what happens. Fair game to mock. What is up, everybody? It is Tuesday, December the 10th, 2019. Now, this is supposed to be a doomsday for YouTube, uh, but I have a whole bunch of news I'm going to cover tonight. Um, this is a live call-in stream if you tune in for the first time, and you might see my, my background glitch a little bit here. Um, I'm running a Persona 5 chroma key behind me, so it blocks out a bunch of what's going on. But anyways, um, if you want to call in, this is a live call-in show. Uh, the number is scrolling across the bottom of the screen. It is 1408-638-0968. And then enter the meeting ID number. It's 534-233-4758. So I'm going to go ahead and get situated here. And then I will be right back. All right. 
like I said, I don't know how this is going to stream well. <coughs> Probably going to glitch a little bit. But anyways, um, so this was breaking news today. There was like a, a four-hour shootout in New Jersey today. And um, this article, as you see on the screen, it says, um, Officer, multiple civilians dead after massive gun battle breaks out. I don't want to elaborate too much on this. I watched it as it was happening. And it's it's crazy what happened. Uh, Dabu7 covered this pretty much the entire time. As things were coming out, they stopped a car at the Holland Bridge. Uh, just crazy situation. Um, I like to respect, you know, not only the, the victims that were involved, uh, but also the police officer, the families of the victims. Um, you know, my grandfather was a police officer, so regardless of, you know, my prior run-ins with him or whatever, I still have respect for him, and they're still human beings, so... This article says a New Jersey police officer and multiple civilians have died after a gun battle uh, was prompted by what, what is believed to have been a drug deal gone bad. So what had happened? You're going to this. They met at a cemetery in uh, New Jersey, uh, a man and a woman dressed in black. And uh, we don't know we don't know the details of everything. Uh, the officer obviously was shot and killed. Uh, he's believed to be undercover. Uh, they showed up at the uh, graveyard there and maybe his cover was blown and then they took his life and it started this four-hour shootout all over New Jersey. Um, people, uh, the civilians that were shot were actually at a bodega in Jersey, in Jersey City. And uh, it's just, it turned into just very chaotic situation very fast. So it goes on to say, the officer was shot at uh, the Bayview Cemetery allegedly by two suspects who fled to a Jewish supermarket at Wilkinson Avenue and Martin Luther King Drive in Jersey City, police said. When officers arrived to the second location, the suspects allegedly opened fire with long guns. Uh, New York City police officers arrived on the scene following reports of gunfire. And it says the Hudson County Prosecutor's Office confirmed that the officer later died after he was transported to the hospital for, tre uh, for treatment. An unknown amount of others inside the supermarket were also killed, officials said. At least one sus suspect then retreated from the supermarket and allegedly continued to fire at responding officers. Two other officers were also struck by gunfire, but they are stable. Um, from what I caught later uh, uh, from a, a, the most recent news that came out. Those two officers have been released. Um, goes on to say, both suspects are believed to be uh, barricaded inside the store and police haven't sent in a robot to make sure. There was also chatter that was going out across and this is just chatter. This is um, hearsay right now. They're trying to confirm this as, as we, probably as we speak that there were pipe bombs that were found inside the um, the, tr the vehicle that they showed up in, um, but they're still trying to confirm this information. So it says there are multiple people who were dead inside the building. Uh, Jersey City Mayor Stephen Fulop told reporters in a press conference Tuesday afternoon one civilian was injured, police say. Several SWAT officers on the scene were seen barricaded behind cars and several gunshots went off in the neighborhood. 
And if you watch the live videos, it was fully automatic gunfire. It was not semi-automatic. It wasn't three-round burst. It was fully. Someone was let off that trigger, um, and it just went at it. Said the heavy gunfire continued for more than an hour. The officer who died was taken to a local hospital with an apparent gunshot wound to his shoulder. Um, it said nearby schools have been placed on lockdown according to New Jersey School District. All students are accounted for. Um, and he goes on to say, you know, please keep the police officers in your prayer. So I'm, you know, um, I'm just reading this because this is, it's crazy. And, and I, I believe they don't know, like I said, they don't know the complete situation surrounding it. Um, so as they find out more, um, you know, I'll, I'll cover more of it, but as far as we know, <clears throat> the suspects have died. Two officers were, were released from the hospital. One officer is dead. And, um, you know, uh, I shared this because we need to pray for the, the officers and the families of the officers and the civilians that were involved in this today. So I'm going to read this because, um, you know, kind of lighten things up a little bit. The video is titled... Um, which is that right there, uh, Cyborg Super Soldiers. And I'm going to get into that. It's really interesting what their plan is for these uh, super soldiers. It's crazy, but, you know, I have this news. I have a bunch of other articles that are that are strange. A lot has to do with uh, technology, war. Uh, I'm not covering the Chilean um, bomber that went missing that was headed towards the Arctic. Uh, other guys are covering that. Um not covering the uh, homeless population being snatched up in Florida, charged with trespassing, and threatened to take a microchip in their hand or um, go to, or stay in jail. That's happening. I read that story in a, pre, in a prior video. It's, uh, I think it's titled under ID2020 Alliance. Um, that's, that's also happening. A lot of things are changing very fast. When we get into next year, you're going to see it happen a lot faster. Um, it's not speculate. I'm not speculating on anything. Um, this is this is just it is what it is. Um, so I thought this was funny. A woman threatens threatening to divorce her husband after he covered kitchen in in Christmas wrapping paper. Uh, so it goes. I'm not going to read the whole beginning of this. It says, uh, one cheeky husband had other ideas for the wrapping paper in his household. Carl Mullen King decided to cover his kitchen and everything in it, much to his wife's dismay. And there's a, a picture of it. I mean, he, he covered the floors and, and, and everything. Uh, when uh, Nicola, Nicola came home to find the walls, stove, and even the fruit in the bowl wrapped up in every... In, in a very nice style, uh, if we might add, he was not happy. She took to Facebook to vent her frustrations, writing, My arsehole of a husband came up with a bright idea for us to wrap part of the kitchen for Elf on the Shelf. Two hours later, and a divorce on the cards. It's done, in, um, it's done including the fruit, eggs, utensils, and chopping board. Idiot even plugged the air freshener back in. <laughs> Oh man, I think it's funny. Look, there's a cutting board there, a cup there. 
Because when it comes to prank, this is pretty uh, brilliant. The post on social media went absolutely ballistic and has been liked, shared, and commented by tens of thousands of people. We've all seen this prank before, either at someone's car, someone's desk, or their room, which is usually the room's college prank, and it's in aluminum foil, which has been left alone far too long, and cheeky friends or loved ones decided to cover it uh, in cling film or aluminum foil, or in this case, wrapping paper. But it's a massive commitment to undertake because it's not easy to deck a whole room from head to toe in one material. So I just thought I would share that kind of. I, I gotta share some, some um, funny and or weird stuff because a lot of the stuff all of us are covering is just kind of. It gets depressing and it's kind of, uh, you know, they say it's fear mongering or whatever, but we're just kind of out here trying to give everybody a heads up of what's going on. This article says Pentagon alarmed by growing Russian sympathy among U.S. troops. There's an alarmist headline out of U.S. state funded media arm. Uh, Voice of America, Pentagon concerned Russian cultivating sympathy among U.S. troops. The story begins as follows. Russian efforts to weaken the West through a relentless campaign of information warfare may be starting to pay off. Cracking a key bastion of, uh, of the U.S. line of defense, the military, while most Americans still see Moscow as a key U.S. adversary, new polling suggests the view is changing, most notably among the households of military members. Because remember when Russia bombed Belgrade back in the Middle Ages, invaded and occupied Iraq, started an eight-year, an 18-year-long quagmire in Afghanistan, created anarchy in Libya, funded and armed Al-Qaeda in Syria, and expanded its bases right up to U.S. borders. Neither do we. Perhaps American soldiers are simply sick and tired of the U.S. military and intelligence machine's legacy of ashes across the globe recognize... Um, and recognize the inconvenience fact, inconvenient fact that Russia most often has been on the complete opposite side of Washington's disastrous regime change wars. Goes on to say nothing to see here. So the second annual Reagan National Defense Survey completed late October found that nearly half of armed services households questioned 46% um, said they viewed Russia as an ally. Overall, the survey found 28% of Americans identified Russia as an ally, up from 19% the previous year, while the majority, 71% of all Americans and 53% of military households, still views Russia as an enemy, and the spike in pro-Russian sentiment has defense officials concerned. Perhaps U.S. military households are also smart enough to know the Cold War is long over, and only bad things can come from a direct confrontation with Russia. Not to mention that the involvement in proxy war in Ukraine has nothing to do with the America's national defense or to protect and defend the Constitution. To be expected, the VOA's presentation of a new poll which finds more service members are sympathetic to Russia is heavy on the supposed Trump-Russia nexus narrative and emphasizes an uptick in Kremlin propaganda while failing to acknowledge a failed legacy of endless wars and destabilizing U.S. influence across the globe. 
The poll itself claimed the changing numbers were predominantly driven by Republicans who have responded to positive cues from U.S. President Donald Trump about Russia. There's an effort on the part of Russia to flood the media with disinformation to sow doubt and confusion. And DOD spokesperson Lieutenant Colonel Carla Gleason was cited in the VOA report as saying, Ah yes, a few Kremlin-sponsored Facebook posts and Trump's expressed desire for better relations with Putin, and suddenly the military too is pro-Putin. Apparently. Perhaps the doubt and confusion comes via trillion-dollar endless wars of regime change and pointless occupations which cost American lives. In other words, it is not Russia problem at all, but it lies too close to home for Washington pundits and pollsters to admit. Finally, we should ask, would U.S. military members see in today's foreign policy and adventurism anything remotely resembling John Quincy Adams' famous 1821 admon? Admonishing. <coughs> this whole thing here it says, but she goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. She is the well-wisher to the freedom and independence of all. She is the champion and the vindicator only over her own. He will commend the general cause by countenance of her voice and um, the benignant sympathy of her example. She she well knows that by once enlisting under other banners than her own, were there even the banners of foreign independence, she would involve herself beyond the power of extra extraction in all wars of interest and intrigue, of individual avarice, envy, and ambition, which assume the colors and usurp the standard of freedom. The, funda the fundamental maxims of her policy would in insensibly change from liberty to force. She might become the uh, dictatress of the world. She would uh, she would be no longer the ruler of her own spirit. I have more um, stuff on on them coming up, like this. So, U.S. general space is where Russia and China are most dangerous. So, I read an article a couple days ago, and it talked about um, Russia is afraid that the U.S., NATO, and China are militarizing um, space. So now this article comes out, and U.S. general space is where Russia and China are most dangerous. The reason I read a lot of this stuff that contradicts itself is because I'm also pointing out that the flaws that are in the media. So I'll read one article, and it'll say something totally opposite of another article. But I read two opposites so that you guys can make up your mind on your own. Is why I read it this way. Um, it's, it's how I make up my mind about a lot of things. I don't... Um, there's an old saying, and I forget who says it. Um, it's a sign of a wise man to enter, entertain a thought without accepting it. So if you can take information, you can dissect it in your own mind and make your own decisions. That's what we need to get back to. We're so, uh, we've come to the point that the media is God and whatever the media says, everyone just hangs on its uh, coattails and just rides it out. Like if they say it's the gospel, but we are so, what it's shown me is that we're so easily manipulated by anything that you can write down. People don't have uh, the wherewithal to go out and research it for themselves. And now we're stuck in this, uh, just this cycle of, repetitive bullshit 
and it's just getting worse and worse. I think if people um, would actually go out and read for themselves and make up their own minds, our society would be a lot different and we also all wouldn't be going at each other's throats the way we are. So it says, uh, the greatest threat that Russia and China pose to the United States is in space, General David Goldfein. The U.S. Air Force Chief of Staff said at an event in California in early December 2019. Russia is a rather dangerous threat because its economy is declined and its demographics are challenging for Vladimir Putin. Goldfein said according to Defense News. But China is the face of the threat. China has the economy, which is true. China is um, China is the one that's leading the charge on all the technology. So whether it comes to the chip technology, whether it comes to... Uh, the 5G technology, the spy, uh, you know, the facial recognition, spying, the software that's that's uh, going through all this stuff, all the all the technical crap that's going on. China is way ahead of everybody with it, and and whoever is up after this, after our current president, will will take all that stuff into consideration to rule over everybody. It's coming whether you want to believe it or not. It's coming. Um, all this, the news everyone ignores because no one seems to give a crap. Just seems um, it's either we don't give a crap or we're just too distracted with everything that's going on in our lives. And now we sit back and we watch all this technocratic dystopia taking over everywhere. Some places you can't even get into a, a convenience store unless they're scanning your face first before entry. We're getting this far into this. It says, uh, Goldfine's assessment comes as U.S. lawmakers prepare to authorize a new military service for space warfare. In addition to ground-based jammers, lasers, and rockets that uh, can mute, blind, and destroy low-flying satellites, Moscow and Beijing are working on small, maneuverable satellites that can tamper with American spacecraft. Our adversaries are increasingly leveraging rapid advances in technology to pose new and evolving threats, particularly in the realm of space, cyberspace, computing, and other emerging disruptive technologies. The U.S. Intelligence Com uh, Committee concluded in its 2019 strategy report. No longer a solely U.S. domain, the... Uh, Democratization of space poses significant challenges for the United States and the IC, the report explained. Russian Chinese anti-satellite weapons could reduce U.S. military effectiveness and overall security. Between 2013 and 2015, the Russian government launched several mysterious satellites into low orbit and zipping across orbital planes hundreds of thousands of feet above Earth. The nimble little Cosmos 2491 uh, dash 2499 and dash 2504 spacecraft, which apparently were the size of many refrigerators, were able to approach within just a few feet of other satellites. You can probably equip, equip them with lasers, maybe put some explosives on them, Antoly Zak, a space historian, said of the Cosmos triplets. If one comes very close to some military satellite, it probably can do some harm. In June of 2016, the Chinese Space Agency launched a Roaming Dragon satellite into low orbit. Officially, Roaming Dragon is a space junk collector. 
and its job, according to Beijing, was to pluck old spacecraft and other debris from Earth orbit and safely plunge them back to the planet's surface. But the Roman Dragon designed specifically its maneuverability and its nimble, extendable robotic arm meant it could also function as a weapon, zooming close to and dismantling satellites belonging to rival countries. The Russia and China aren't alone in deploying these weaponizable spacecraft. The United States, Sweden, and Japan also have tested or deployed maneuvering satellites that could perform the close flying tricks that new Russian and Chinese craft apparently are capable of doing. But Moscow and Beijing are developing are deploying these potential space weapons in greater numbers than other countries are doing. Goldfein endorsed three measures for defeating Russia and Chinese threats in space. He said in a quote, we have to defend what we have. At the same time, we need to transition to defendable um, architecture, but it's not good enough to take punches in the ring. At some point, you have to punch back. And third, we need to transition our force into a warfighting force as opposed to one that's uh, accustomed to operating spacecraft in a relatively benign environment. We'll find also endorse preemptive action in every war game. Uh, we determine that if you move first in space, you're not guaranteed to win. But if you move second, you're likely to lose. In a move that officials hope will begin <coughs> the reorient U.S. Space Force to a more hostile orbital environment, Congress is set to approve the establishment of a new space service starting with the 2020 defense budget. The so-called Space Force would be the separate service inside the Air Force, much like the U.S. Marine Corps falls under the Department of the Navy. The Air Force current space personnel, numbering around 38,000, eventually would uh, migrate to the new service, while the Navy and Army would keep their own space operators. The president's re-election campaign, wrongly asserted, uh, would help the United States return to Mars. In fact, the Space Force would have nothing to do with space exploration, which is NASA's purview. But they're just going to use um, SpaceX to do all that. This article has to do with the U.S. Army. It says the U.S. Army is preparing biggest European deployment in years. The U.S. Army is planning its biggest deployment of troops to Europe in 25 years, with 20,000 troops slated to take part in a massive force projection exercise at a time of increasingly adversarial relations with Russia. See, this is what I'm saying. I read all these articles because we have some same military family sympathize with them. We have um, military personnel saying that... Um, Russia and China's most dangerous in space. We have all the fingers pointing at Russia. We have them pointing fingers at us. Um, it starts with the talking, and then it starts with the walking. Eventually, somebody's going to do something when they get pissed off, and uh, someone's going to fire the first shot. General Christopher Cavoli, the commander of U.S. ground forces in Europe, said 20,000 U.S.-based troops will deploy next year to Europe where they will join some 9,000 other U.S. soldiers already stationed there. Some 37,000 troops will then take part in exercises across 10 European countries from May to June, he told reporters at the Pentagon. 
The U.S.-based forces will begin blowing in in February, moving 13,000 pieces of equipment, including tanks, artillery, and transport vehicles across 2,500 miles. He said, excuse me. That would be a daunting logistical challenge as railroads in former Soviet countries have smaller gauges than Western European countries and their bridges are not built to carry the weight of a 70-ton Abrams tank. There's U.S. Abrams tanks and uh, basically just... There's a bunch of Abrams tanks on, on tracks there. Um, it says the Defender Europe 20 exercise as is dubbed, marks a strategic turning point after years of U.S. military cutbacks in post-Cold War Europe. Akhavoli did not single out Russia as the force, as the focus. He said its annexation of Crimea, Crimea in 2014 changed everything. The aim is to demonstrate the U.S. military's ability to quickly deploy a large force to support NATO and respond to any crisis, he said. Our ability as an army to protect power is absolutely fundamental to anything that he, that we would get done, he said. But they've been staging, look, they've been staging for this whole year they've been staging. And, and now, um, I think because the presence is becoming more known, they're going to start um, talking about it or, or releasing the information to the public. But if you go on, you know, some of the chance, some of the um, other guys on the on YouTube talk about this type of stuff. Then, um, then you'll realize that um, they've been doing this for a while. So this article says Russia banned from World Cup and Olympics by Wanda. Uh, Russia has been banned from the major sporting events for four years by the World Anti-Doping Agency, or WADA, meaning the country will not be represented at the 2020 Olympic Games or the 2022 World Cup. WADA's executive committee has taken action against the sporting uh, heavyweight due to evidence that Russia authorities tampered with a Moscow laboratory database to hide hundreds of potential doping cases and falsely shift the blame onto whistleblowers, according to WADA investigators and the International Olympic Committee. In announcing the decision after the Russia anti-doping agency, uh, Rusada failed to meet WADA's uh, reinstatement conditions, WADA President Craig Reedy claimed that the, the country had been afforded every opportunity to get its house in order and rejoin the global anti-doping community, but it chose instead to continue in the stance of deception and denial. Last month, the WADA Compliance Review Committee recommended that the country should be handed a bar over hosting and competing in major international events after inconsistencies uh, were found in Rusada's data, which displayed evidence of tampering to cover up a mass drug scandal. At a meeting in uh, Lusane on Monday, the WADA Executive Committee unanimously agreed to impose a four-year ban on Russian represent representation at majority sporting events which will also include the 2021 World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Having concluded that data was deliberately tampered with by planning fake evidence and deleting files linked to positive doping tests, which could have helped to identify drug cheats. Water President Sir Craig Reddy said the ex-CEO's um, 
Exos, strong decisions today shows WADA's determination to act resolutely in the face of Russian doping crisis. Thanks to the agency, robust investi investigatory <laughs> capability, the vision of the CRC, and WADA's recently acquired ability to recommend meaningful sanctions via the compliance standards, which entered into effect in April 2018. Combined with these strengths, have enabled the EXO to make the right decisions at the right time. For too long, Russian doping has uh, detracted from a clean sport. The blatant breach of Russian authorities of Rusada's reinstatement conditions approved by the EXOs in September 2018 demanded a robust response. That is exactly what has been delivered today. The Russian athletes who can prove they are untainted by the doping scandal will be able to compete at the 2020 Olympics and uh, para, uh, Paralympics in Tokyo under a neutral flag with and without the national anthem. However, the national football team will not be allowed to compete at the Qatar 2022 World Cup in any form unless they successfully appeal the ruling. Though it has already been confirmed, that they will be allowed to compete at next summer's European Championship as well as a host games in St. Petersburg as uh, UFA is not defined as, quote, a major event organization in regards to anti-doping breaches. FIFA said it has taken note of the decisions and is in contact with WADA and uh, ASOIF, Association of Summer Olympic International Federations, to clarify the extent of the decision in regards to football. Um, Russia has attempted to clear its sporting name to no avail since 2015 when a report commissioned by WADA found evidence of a state-sponsored doping program. As a result, many of its athletes were banned from competing at the 2016 Rio Olympics and 2018 Pyeongchang Winter Olympics, while a number have been stripped of their medals won in the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics following retrospective testing. Rosado was reinstated by WADA last year on the condition that Moscow provided an authentic copy of the laboratory data, but this failed to materialize and Sports Minister Pavel Koblokov claimed last month that the discrepancies were due to technical issues. WADA President Craig Reedy left, uh, there's not a picture there, it says WADA has also confirmed that should Rosado choose to appeal the ban, the case will be referred to the court arbitration for sport. And you can go into to more of this article here, but if you like, as always, I post all the links in the description below. And you guys can go back and, and read that. So I may get in trouble for reading this because of the word right there on your screen. Um, but I'm going to read it anyways because, as I always say, I'm just reading news articles. Um, so this isn't me. Um, promoting anything. I'm reading a news article. The Walmart apologized for Christmas jumpers showing Santa doing cocaine. And I don't know if I cut the picture out of here. You can actually, I'm not, well, I'm pretty glad, I'm pretty happy the picture is not right here. But you can go, if you click on the link in the description to find this article, which if you listen to the podcast on any of the platforms, all those links are in the descriptions. All these links are in those descriptions also. Um, it clearly, they tried to back paddle out of this and say that it wasn't what it looked like it was, but he was clearly holding a straw in his hand. There was three lines of powder on a table and his eyes were, um, 
not made of coal. We'll just, I'll just put it that way. They were, uh, look like dinner plates. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it says Walmart Canada has issued an apology for selling a jumper on its site that appears to show Santa doing that stuff. The item of clothing shows St. Nicholas sitting behind a table with three lines of the substance in front of him, captioned with the slogan, Let It Snow. And the product description of the Walmart website stated, We all know how snow works. It's white, powdery, and the best snow comes straight from South America. This is what I'm talking about. I don't I don't know who, who thought that this would be a good idea to put this on their website, but I bet he got he or she got fired for this one. And it says, that's the bad news for jolly old St. Nick, who lives far away in the, in the North Pole. So it says, um, uh, that's why Santa really likes to savor the moment when he gets his hands on some quality grade A Colombian snow. This is what it says on the website. This isn't me saying, making this stuff. This is in the article. It says, a spokesperson for Walmart has apologized for the sale of the product, adding that it has been removed from the company's Canadian website. These sweaters sold by a third-party seller at walmart.ca, Canada, do not represent Walmart's values and have no place on our website, the spokesperson told Global News. Well, whoever was supposed to check this completely dropped the ball. Now, we have removed these products from our marketplace and we apologize for any unattended offenses this may have caused. Jumper was produced by clothing retailer Funwear. And other items created by Funware that are still available to purchase on Walmart's Canadian site include a jumper depicting a mugshot of Santa Claus, a sweatshirt featuring an illustration of Santa engaged in a fight with a bear, and a Hanukkah sweatshirt designed with a menorah and captioned with a Logan or the slogan "Lit." Other items of clothing include um, a sweatshirt that showed Father Christmas standing in front of a fireplace without his trousers on, having been removed from the Walmart Canada website. I think these people should probably find another avenue to push their merchandise. A range of Christmas cards featuring Virgin Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus recently sparked anger among members of the Christian community who describe them as deeply offensive. And one of the cards include the caption, Mary just needs to admit she slept with someone else. It highlights a fundamental hypocrisy that Christianity is seen as fair game to mock, uh, disparage an insult, said James Mildred. Communication Manager of Christian Action Research and Education. I think they should open a Spotify store if they want to push their merchandise like that. <laughs> when I read that article, I was like, I saw the picture of it. Like I said, if you want to see the picture, just go to the link in the description. But uh, the the picture is clearly what what the title of that said. I mean, it's clear. It's clear that's what he's doing. So this is insane. California bomb cyclone, mega 75-foot wave triggered off California by massive 100-mile-per-hour storm. A monster 75-foot wave has been recorded off California after a so-called bomb cyclone pounded the U.S. West Coast. It is the tallest documented by scientists at the University of California during the last 15 years a monitoring project has run. Over that time, the average tallest wave height has not been more than 10 feet in winter, 
But during the recent weather phenomenon, where hurricane strength winds saw gusts of more than 100 miles an hour, the average height of the tallest waves was 45 feet, with the largest measuring 75 feet. Uh, this was yesterday, I believe. Uh, they were recorded about 20 miles off the off the coast of Cape uh, Mendocino in Northern California. It says a bomb cyclone is effectively a rapidly intensifying storm caused by a sharp drop of air pressure, which in turn generates strong winds. The recent storm brought with it rain and snow and set low pressure records in Northern California and parts of Oregon, according to forecasters. James Barons of San Diego's Coastal Data Information Program said the height of the waves recorded was definitely unusual for the first time or for the time of year. And these kinds of really large waves are usually only detected way out in the middle of the ocean when winds are being generated, he told CNN. The project's monitoring buoys had only measured taller waves at one other station located in the remote North Pacific Ocean where extreme waves are expected to form on occasion, he said. Roy uh, Nicolini, head of the Weather Service and National Oceanic, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, that the bomb cyclone had caused a so-called di dynamic fetch when strong winds moved in the same direction and speed as the waves uh, it is generating. Fortunately, the unseasonably large waves came ashore during low tide, which reduced their impact. Mr. Nic Nicolini said it is often just a game of chance. If they came at a peak time, they would have caused significant damage. So, as you know, I cover a lot of uh, tech news on here. Um, I try to keep people up to date with um, with what's going on as far as uh, malware, um, crypto hacks, cryptocurrency, um, the facial recognition, the hacks on the cell phones, uh, Android, iPhones, all that stuff. Um, as we create more technology, hackers will always find a back door into those things and leave us all vulnerable or leave all your information vulnerable for them to steal all types of information. So in this article, it says Google deletes malware apps from Play Store and unsullies from your uh, Android phone. Said in the past few months, news about Android vulnerability and availability of malicious apps in the marketplace were everywhere. Millions of Android users are still receiving alerts to secure their smartphone from vulnerabilities. And it should be mentioned that the tech giant Google also has taken bold steps to ensure the security of, of the users from malware. Now, I've had problems with um, apps in the Google Play Store. I've called Google myself. I've had conversations with them on the phone. And uh, their go-to statement is, we're not responsible for third-party apps that are in our store. That is the response you will usually get from them. So it looks now that so many people are starting to complain that they're probably gonna start actually doing something about it instead of just resorting to, you know, their uh, staple phrase, I guess you would call it. As recently, uh, once again, the company confirmed that they found new malicious Play Store apps and removed them from the marketplace. Google advised Android users to check their smartphones and, and if they find any of those apps, they must uninstall them immediately to secure the device. So, 
recently found malware apps. As per Forbes, Google detected seven malware-infested apps which are designed to open back doors onto an infected device. These malicious apps are also capable of pulling other malware from elsewhere, and after downloading these apps from the Play Store, they hide away from, excuse me, from the user to make sure that no one can detect their malicious work. These malware laces apps were discovered by a threat research team at Wondera soon after Google announced an, quote, app defense alliance to endure the security of the Play Store. The researchers found that these apps are dropper apps as they are downloaded malware, quote, payload apps and install them in targeted devices, which then include both the dropper app and the payload app. Both apps, uh, both the apps need to be found and deleted as the dropper apps bypass breaches, the store security, and invite threats from outside the ecosystem. So after the researchers found seven malicious apps, they informed Google, which removed three apps in October, and recently Google informed Forbes that they have also removed the remaining four apps. However, it should be mentioned here, since these apps are no longer available in the Play Store, Android users will not find these in the store, but those who have already downloaded these apps must delete them as soon as possible. Um, okay, so here are the malware apps. I'm not going to read that last paragraph there, but um, apps from iSoft LLC, Lit, uh, Lizote, Midas, and a Pump app. Um, all right, these are the ones. Alarm Clock calculator, free magnifying glass, magnifier magnifying glass with flashlight, super bright flashlight, magnifying glass, and super bright LED flashlight. And this, it came out uh, a year, maybe two years ago, I think it came out, uh, where they found discrepancies with the same type of malware anytime you download a flashlight. Now, I don't even know why you would want to download any of these flashlights since now all the Android phones pretty much come with that capability. So from this being the second article that I've read about this in the past couple of years, I would refrain from downloading any flashlight app. Um, any app that comes out of Russia, any flashlight app, anything of that nature, don't download it to your phone. It's probably uh, vulnerable to backdoor malware and it'll probably infect your phone. And you will probably start having overheating issues, uh, battery will start dying, and then the majority of your information will probably get leached off of there. Keystrokes, all that stuff logged on your phone through malware. Um, so they're getting every time you put it a passcode, um, anytime you log into um, a banking app, any of that information is getting logged and they can see it as they're monitoring um, their malware so or it reports back to them however the crap works I'm not necessarily um, I have an A plus certification in computers not a C plus so which is a hardware not a software <laughs> uh, here's pictures of them here and I'll put those on the screen for you guys to see for a second I, I would just refrain from downloading any of any of these don't why the hell do you need a magnifying glass? I bet it doesn't even work. Here they are again. And then here's another list here. I mean, 
So if you feel like you've downloaded any of these malicious malware applications from the Google Play Store, I would recommend going to the um, link in the description on this video, finding this uh, list, and then if you think you downloaded it, delete it immediately, uh, and then restart your phone. I mean, it, it, this just goes on and on and on and on. So these are all malware apps. If you guys think that you've downloaded one, check in the link in the description and then, um, like I said, delete it immediately. So whenever Bluetooth came out a long time ago, I thought it was pretty rad, but it just never had really updated since then. Um, I like the Bluetooth technology um, as far as wearing wireless headphones. Okay. Bluetooth my phone to my um, home device, uh, my laptop if I'm sharing files. Um, well, this has just got a, a whole, uh, whole lot more interesting with using Bluetooth technology. So this article says thieves are using a new tactic for vehicle break-ins. So this goes, it tells a little bit of the story. It says, my friend Joe had his MacBook and iPad stolen from the back of his locked car over Thanksgiving. So far, so normal, right? Well, the thieves only broke the small window immediately adjacent to where his devices were hidden and only took the backpack containing them. Police told him it was likely they used Bluetooth scanner to target his car and even locate exactly where his device devices were before breaking in. So, I'm going to read the whole article. To make a long story short here, um... When you leave your house, turn your Wi-Fi off on your phone um, because it's pinging off all the Wi-Fi um, routers in the neighborhood on your way out of your neighborhood. Turn that off. Turn your Bluetooth off. Uh, turn your location off unless you're using, you know, Google Maps or uh, any of those types of things to find your way around. Turn all that shit off. Um, I go. I guarantee I could go in there where my wife's at right now and grab her phone. She's got her location on, her Bluetooth on. She doesn't have any Bluetooth devices. Um, her battery, of course, is draining. Um, all those things as well. So to make a long story short from this article, what's happening is people are leaving these um, their Bluetooth on where it's constantly scanning for a signal to connect to a device and people are so you wouldn't need a Bluetooth scanner device. I could do it with my cell phone. If, if you leave it on, um, I guess, uh, detectable, and your device is on where it can be detected, and then I'm walking around with my cell phone with detection on, looking for Bluetooth devices, you can do it with a cell phone. You don't need a specific uh, device. You can do it with a cell phone. Um, that's what they're doing. They're, they're walking around cars, they're scanning, See if uh, they can find a device in there. And here's the thing. If you don't rename your devices, uh, it's going to pop up on their iPad or uh, MacBook Pro or, you know, HP laptop or whatever it may be. It's going to pop up the information. It's going to give them a list of, a Christmas list of, you know, thievery shopping. And, and uh, it's going to cost, you know, it's going to cost you a window and however much you paid for the stuff that got stole out of your vehicle. So that's pretty much what they're doing here. 
So it says when he texted me about what happened, I turned to Google to see what a Bluetooth scanner was and immediately found dozens of smartphone apps. Yeah, but like I'm saying, you have one built in your phone. You don't necessarily need to go download an app for it, which I hope you bastards download an app and it's got some malware on it. I hate thieves. It says uh, the first one I downloaded didn't just show me the signal strength it detected. It also listed the specific types of devices and even displayed pictures of them you know, for easy identification. Using signal strength as a distance meter, so I guess that's probably what, why they use the app, because that doesn't show up when you're scanning for devices. It says, um, I found the phone my fiance misplaced before she went to work. Another app displayed a live list of devices commuters had in their cars while driving past my house. These apps are free and take no technical know-how or experience whatsoever to use. While they aren't designed specifically to aid thieves, developers need tools like these when designing Bluetooth accessories. It'd be hard to imagine a more powerful asset for criminals. Bluetooth is a wireless transmission standard that a whole host of devices use to transmit data over short distances. It is what your phone uses to pair with your car stereo and what your AirPods use to connect with your phone. These days, all manner of devices use it, including tablets, laptops, camera speakers, and phones. Basically, most things a thief may want to steal, except for your keys and your cold hard cash. <clears throat> Although if you use a tile or similar locator dongle on your keychain or on your wallet, then those are discoverable using Bluetooth scanner also. No pairing or security protocols are necessary. The scanner simply locate the signal a device emits and then evaluate its strength and frequency comparing that data against a database they're they're able to identify exact devices using a digital fingerprint yeah it's gonna get worse than this this is this is uh until you get a chip in your hand everybody's walking around with a rfid uh, scanner and they're scanning your hands by the way you can do that with a cell phone too uh, my phone, I have the Galaxy S10. Um, if you have a card, a debit card with an RFID chip in it, and you have a, um, a reader on your phone, um, I forget the name of it, of what the reader is exactly, off the top of my head. But anyways, um, all I have to do is turn the reader on and touch, touch the card that's got the chip in it, and I can take a payment from somebody. You don't need to go buy a, a square or any of those things any longer. Think if you got a chip inside your hand, which I mentioned they're kidnapping homeless people in Florida and Austin, Texas, and California and other states to put these chips in their hands as an experimental way to push all the information onto said chip and they can track them and then all they have to do is pretty much scan under the same reader that's basically in your phone. If you have that chip in your hand, or your phone, you gotta turn all these readers off. All all your Bluetooth connections, your Wi-Fi connections. Um, it's called an NFC reader, that's right. Any of those things. Um, and you touch it to your hand, who's to say that that information in your hand is not hackable? That they can't get your banking information, that they can't get your food stamp information, that they can't get your Medicare information, your ID information. Any of those things. Who's to say that they can't do that with an NFC chip reader? And they come built in every single phone or newer phones now. I know all the, I know the iPhone has it. I know the Samsung's, the new Samsung Galaxies have it. Um, but this is where we're getting to. 
So just as your phone can be hacked, uh, your credit cards can be hacked, they start putting chips in, in folks' hands. I'm pretty sure that information can be accrued through nefarious um, operations as well, or activities, or whatever you want to call it. So. It says, no pairing or security protocols are necessary. The scanner simply locate the signal uh, a device emits. Okay, and the digital fingerprint, I just read that. It says, um, this isn't just some crazy theory Joe and I have. California, where he was visiting when his car was broken into, is currently experiencing an epidemic of vehicle break-ins, and police there report that thieves are using the technology. If you're in California, turn all your shit off. Completely. If you got to, just power it down completely. Better yet, don't leave it in your car. There are some people, um, auto burglars, who exact, uh, who actually detect that signal and target your car for that. A San Jose Police Department representative told CBS, San Francisco saw a 24% increase in vehicle break-ins between 2016 and 2017, and while 2018 saw a slight decrease, 2019 is on track to be a record year. This vulnerability has the potential to impact people outside of major cities too. Where I live in Southwest Minnesota, local web communities around various outdoor activities often light up with reports of vehicle break-ins at popular trailheads. So far, those break-ins seem to follow the usual pattern, smashing grabs, targeting purses, wallets, or anything of value that might turn up. They're random acts with relatively low payoffs, but an ability to see exactly what your vehicle may be hiding. And calculating that value ahead of time could encourage thieves to work harder to get into more inaccessible areas of your vehicle when they know the reward for committing the crime. And because seeing that you're hiding only requires a smartphone app, those thieves have the ability to do their sleuthing undetected. Those thieves have the, uh, well, it says one more person um, staring at their phone in a parking lot area isn't going to stand out. What can you do to keep your stuff safe? Putting a device in airplane mode, yes, or like I said, uh, entirely powering it off will do, will both work, according to a report in Popular Mechanics. Some devices may still emit trace Bluetooth signals while sleeping, so closing the lid of your laptop isn't enough. For additional protection, you can place those devices in a Faraday fabric sleeve or wrap them in a blanket made of the same material. Of course, the safest method remains the same as it always has. Treat this as yet another reminder that you shouldn't leave your valuables in your car. Uh, I'm not going to say where I live, but in the state I live in, um, we still have areas that... Uh, we still have areas where... Um, do you leave your door unlocked? You can um, pretty much get away with any of that stuff still. All right, so this is a, a bit of science news here, tech news. Scientists created a new, a, a new kind of artificial flesh that heals itself like the real thing. 
Um, artificial fle flesh is growing ever closer to the real thing. Scientists in Australia have now created a jelly-like material which they claim has the strength and durability of actual skin, ligaments, or even bone. With the special chemistry we've engineered in the uh, hydrogel, it can repair itself after it has been broken like human skin can, explains chemist Luke Connell from the Australian National University. Hydrogels are usually weak, but our material is so strong it could easily fit very heavy objects and can change its shape like human muscles do. Having a squishy material with such remarkable properties could be a huge for the development of next generation soft ro ro robotics and biomedical devices. Creating a shape-changing hydrogel that has multiple functions has proved an ongoing challenge for scientists, even with natural inspiration from jellyfish. <coughs> excuse me sea cucumbers, and venus flytraps. While some hydrogels can withstand mechanical stress, others have self-healing properties, and a few more have the abilities to memorize shapes or change colors. As far as the ANU researchers know, no one else has been able to incorporate all these functions into one encompassing gel, at least not at the speed and efficiency they've achieved. Putting the material through multiple tests, the authors claim to have created the first dynamic hydrogel that is strong, tough, fatigue-resistant, self-healing, and able to change shapes and, quote, remember them afterwards. The advantages of using such multifunctional hydrogel is further demonstrated through the ability to offer, uh, ability to lift heavy objects in a reversible and um, repeatable way upon thermal stimulus, the team writes. Using this material, hang on. Using this material, the researchers make extremely thin uh, films of flesh without any breakage. When these films were heated or cooled, they then changed into different shapes, bending one way or the other before returning back to their original state along with the temperature. Unlike uh, many other hydrogels, which can sometimes take 10 minutes or more to change shape, the authors say their gel takes only 10 seconds to bend. Here the key is said to be the gel's dynamic hydrogen bonds and dynamic Emine or carbon-nitrogen bonds, which work together to form unprecedented properties. Dynamic bonds have a high response to stimuli, which makes them perfect for environmental ad adaptation and self-repair. The imine bonds, or imine-imine bonds in particular, have fast reaction to kinetics, then can enable rapid self-healing. What's more, the authors say the materials can easily prepared uh, can be easily prepared using simple chemistry, and if other polymers were added to the molecular mix, perhaps even more functions can be achieved. If temperature is somehow used as a control, the authors think this gel could one day be moved like an artificial muscle. In a lot of science fiction movies, we see the most challenging uh, jobs being done by artificial humanoid robots. Our research has made a significant step towards making this possible, says material engineer Zheng Zhang. We anticipate that researchers working on the next generation of soft robots will be interested and excited about our new way of making hydrogels.
In the meantime, the team is hoping to turn their hydrogel into a 3D printable ink. I'm reading this because I'm coming up on something that is right here. So, this is going to incorporate so many things, and I'm going to go into the details of this. So, this is what the entire video is titled after. The Pentagon's terrifying plans for cyborg super soldiers. So, they want to put, they want to change your eyes to where you can see ultraviolet. You can see, well, soldiers who volunteer for this. Uh, you can see ultraviolet. You can see infrared. They pretty much want to put, I guess it's like sort of uh, fiber optic tubing in the flesh or muscle to make it stronger. When I read this, it's going to blow your mind. Um, this is projected to be in 2050. Who's to say they don't do it now? I always say if they're saying they're going to do something in the future, they're probably already doing it or have experiments doing this. So I would look for this to come out sooner than later. So it says here's the Pentagon's terrifying plan for cyborg super soldiers. Cybernetic enhancements that fuse humans and machines are coming and the U.S. military wants to be prepared. Trust me, this is this gets nuts. A new report from the U.S. Army Combat Capabilities Development Command Chemical Biological Center, a scientific research division of the Army with a focus on biological and chemical weapons, detailed what the field of cybernetics might look like in 2050. The report titled Cyborg Soldiers 205, Human Slash Machine Fusion and the Implications for the Future of the DoD read like the framework for a dystopian novel set in a near future where injured soldiers are cybernetically enhanced but come home to an America terrified of cyborgs. They could ride around on one of those Elon Musk trucks. Is the primary objective of this effort was to determine the potential of machines that are physically integrated within the human body to augmented to augment and enhance the performance of human beings over the next 30 years the researchers said the study identified poor public perception as being a barrier to the mass ad adoption of cybernetics terminator 2 judgment day poison poisoned us all against killer robots much to the military's charges um, Across po uh, popular social and open source media, literature, and film, the use of machines to enhance the physical condition of the human species has received a distorted and dystopian narrative in the name of entertainment, the study said. Defense leadership should understand the negative public and social perceptions will need to be overcome if these technologies are to be uh, fielded. Cyber enhancement is cutting-edge technology and it is hard to predict where it will go after the next three decades. Uh, the Pentagon researchers focused on four probable areas of enhancement, supervision, augmented hearing, enhanced muscles, and direct neural enhancement of the human brain for two-way data transfer. They want to turn soldiers to where they can speak to each other telepathically rather than vocally. Um, I, I, I honestly think all this stuff is coming, uh, but it... It is a matter of time, but like I always say, if they're talking about they're probably already doing this or they have prototypes. So we may go to the robots first 
and then we'll probably go to the um, cyborgs once they realize that um, you know the, there, there's going to be a flaw in everything things humans can do that robots can do and there's things maybe robots can do as far as super strength goes but it, when I read this and you're gonna see why they want to do all this crap uh, it just sounds like something out of a, a you know a science fiction novel it's insane uh, it says the Pentagon predicts a world where enhanced soldiers have cybernetically enhanced eyes that allow them to see across the battlefield in different wavelengths and identify targets in dense urban environments or subterranean um, mega cities that will challenge identification and tracking of targets, they said. I'm sure that inside this uh, cybernetic software, they're probably going to integrate, you know, the whole facial recognition software, which will come. Uh, I've read articles on this. Apple's coming out with them. They came out with them a few years ago. It was the Google, Google Glass that kind of just fell off because the glasses were too bulky. Um, but I, I, I see a future where they'll integrate, you know, the facial recognition software into the glasses. They'll run all all of our facial recognitions into a database from these glasses. Um, and if you're walking along and you have, you know, bench warrants or whatever out for your arrest, and they catch your face in these glasses, it'll it'll ping their database. It'll find your file and it'll pop up on their lens that you're wanted, what you're wanted for. We're gonna get there. Eventually, we're gonna get there. Um. It's going to be insane. I'm going to be hiding in a hole somewhere. Uh, it says the researchers mentioned that, um, mentioned what becomes a disturbing theme of the study. Many of these enhancements may only occur after a soldier is injured. When working with a delicate area such as an eye, injury may be, only, may be the only path towards convincing a wounded warrior to receive the surgery the study notes. Ocular enhancement would be an attractive medical option in situations where the eye tissue has been damaged or destroyed by injury or disease, the research said. It is deemed un unlikely that individuals will, would willingly undergo removal of healthy tissue in an area considered to be sensitive. However, the central and critical role that vision plays in society would likely motivate uh, warfighters to have lost part or all of their vision to voluntarily undergo surgery that would restore or even improve their ability to see. So this is uh, muscles controlled with light. It gets weirder. This trend of fixing fallen soldiers with cybernetics continues with uh, optogenetic musc musc musculoskeletal control systems. The most likely use would be in the restoration of lost function due to injury of muscles or nerves, the study said. Musculoskeletal injuries are the second leading cause of lost duty time in the U.S. Armed Forces. To enhance muscles, the Pentagon will enhance weak tissue with a network of in-place sub, sub, uh, subcutaneous sensors that deliver optogenic genetic stimulation through programmed light pulses, researchers said. Optogenetic stimulates muscle tissue or even neurons with light instead of electricity. The optogenetic controller would, in effect, take control of the motions of the warfighter's limbs, thereby allowing a novice, i.e. the warfighter, to perform functions professionally. The human body would have an array of small optical sensors implanted beneath the skin in the body areas uh, that need to be controlled. These sensors could be manifested as thin optic threads 
that are placed at regular intervals over critical muscle and nerve bundles and are linked to central control area designed to stimulate each node only when the muscles below it are needed. According to the study, this could allow wounded soldiers to return to, to battle with cybernetic muscles that operate better than their uh, meat al alone did. It could also allow them to control external tools such as drones and weapon systems not directly attached to their body or let someone else control them remotely. You're talking about not only a cyborg, but a cyborg drone that they can control remotely. And then also that they can have, you know, touch your little arms or whatever and, and control a drone. Getting crazy out here. As you can hear a pin drop. This one's even nuts. Cyber, cybernetic ears would both enhance perception and allow soldiers to access new abilities, according to the Pentagon. The study imagines that future advances won't just improve people's hearing, but also allow for the conversation and transmission of these signals to other others across distances, the study said. In other words, people could use cybernetic ears to access network of voices and communications only perceptible to them. It is like implanting your smartphone inside your ear, complete with real-time translation features for foreign languages. I know we're, we're, well, they may have them, but I know we already do have Bluetooth devices that do this, but they want to make this where it's implanted. Crazy. Hearing loss is a major problem in the military, and for this reason, the researchers believe selling soldiers on enhanced hearing will be easier than eyes and muscles. However, the researchers feel that upgrading ears will be more invasive and less reversible than other technologies. And also, they recommend that the Pentagon pursue less invasive approaches. Electrodes that directly interface with neural pathways could be implanted with minor surgical procedure and potentially could be removed with minimal adverse effects, they said. Which is one thing I believe Elon Musk said that he wanted to try was to go with the electrodes. Um on the neural pathways to jack us into our computers. But this is what the next part of this article is coming up, which is titled Jacking In. It said the crown jewel of cyber cybernetic enhancement is direct interface between the human brain and machines. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, 5G gods, have been working on technology for years. It has already successfully tested prosthetic memory chips. Even Elon Musk is working on neural implants with the goal of achieving symbiosis, symbiosis with artificial intelligence. The Pentagon's study suggests a future where humans with neural implants are jacked into a matrix that allows them to control machines, have machines control them, and to control each other. The enhancement would not simply entail user control of equipment, brain to machine, but also transmission to operator, machine to brain, and human to human command and control dynamics to enhance situational awareness as drone, uh, computational, analytical, and human information is relayed to the operator. Cybernetically enhanced soldiers could control drones and complicated weapon systems remotely with the power of their mind. The problem is unlike... The problem is, unlike some of the other technologies discussed, there probably won't be a non-invasive way to achieve symbiosis between soldier and machine. Because of that, the researchers suggest that the neural links um, be restricted to an elite class of soldier, like the Navy SEALs, who may be um, amenable 
um, if they could provide significant improvements in capability. Uh, lethal, I guess being lethal, uh, survivability, and overall battlefield, battlefield uh, superiority. Lethality. Um, so unexpected consequences. More frightening than negative public perception of cyborgs, which the report goes into, is the Pentagon's uh, correct assertion that the adaptation of technology has outpaced the legal and ethical frameworks that govern society. When a human merges with a machine, should the laws of war still consider it a person or a piece of equipment? Good question. If an enhanced warfighter is caught and captured, does he have the same protections under the Geneva Convention? And will his, will his enhanced status alter the treatment he is likely to receive, researchers asked. I, I imagine they could just shut him off. Remotely shut him off. There's also a basic question of national security. Can a cyborgs be hacked? What kind of encryption should be used, and will it ever be enough? Could a soldier returning home uh, surrender their enhancements? Uh, is it ethical to remove the enhanced muscles that allow a wounded soldier to walk? What will the short and long-term health effects of these technolo uh, technologies be? Do military cohort cohorts be integrated with cyborg soldiers, or do they need their own units? The Pentagon doesn't know. No one knows. All anyone knows is that these enhancements in some form are coming. They may not look exactly like what the Pentagon predicts here, but powerful people want them to happen. Billionaires want them to happen. U.S. military wants them to happen. The sad truth is that most moral, ethical, and legal considerations will likely be defined after the fact. There is so much in the world today that would have uh, that would have seemed like wild science fiction 30 years ago. Whether it's a computer in your hand on which you could search all the world's information to a president of the United States using the same computer to push foreign government disinformation. Uh, Peter W. Singer, future war strategist, senior fellow at New America, and the author of of the new uh, of the forthcoming book, um, a novel of the real robotic revolution, told Motherboard in an email. He said in a quote, "While not everything in the military's report on the potential future human-machine fusion in 2050 may come true, we shouldn't be shocked that some parts of it do. I think it will eventually." Okay, so. I read, uh, I mentioned in the last video I did, and it talked about some idiot bought um, a banana tape to a wall for $120,000, then some dude ate it, and he got arrested for eating it, and then they replaced it and had a, a banana appraised for the replacement. Well, this is funny. So they, uh, that same art takes another crazy turn with an Epstein graffiti. I thought it was hilarious. Is just when you thought the art basil couldn't get any crazier. A day after a performance artist ate the duct tape banana that was part of a $120,000 exhibit, someone uh, scrawled Epstein didn't kill himself on the empty wall in red lipstick. The Miami Herald reported that police arrested Roderick Weber, 46, of Massachusetts on charges of criminal mischief for the graffiti. They nod to conspiracy theories surrounding the suicide of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. If someone can eat the $120,000 banana and not get arrested, well, he did get arrested, but released shortly after. Uh, why can't I ride on the wall? Whoever shouted as he was escorted out of the Miami Beach Convention Center. 
There is a Massachusetts performance artist by the same name who tried to run for president under the name Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, if that dude hung himself with uh, toilet paper, then um, I'm Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we don't have the footage, so I don't think he did. He's probably free living up on an island somewhere. So that's all that I have for tonight. Um, like I said, I want to try to get more people to view this and view it live. You can see the video cutting out. I'm going to change all this again. Um, but like I said, this is a live call-in show and you're always more than welcome to call in. If you're viewing this after the fact, um, if you're viewing this after the fact, um, like I said, it is live call-in and you can always call the number that's scrolling across the bottom of the screen. That's one four zero eight six three eight zero nine six eight, And then you just enter the meeting ID. It's 534-233-4758. And you hit the pound sign twice. And then I also monitor those phone calls. Uh, but you're more than welcome to, I go live. I try to go live uh, Sunday through Friday. Um, at 7 p.m. I take Saturdays off because I observe the traditional Sabbath. Um, also all the links, like I said earlier in the video, all the links are in the description below. If you go to the about section, you'll find links to where the podcast for this is available on every platform and you can listen to it if you don't want to watch the video. Um, if you do tune into the video later on and you like it, um, then go ahead and, and hit the thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Um, and if this is your first time, then I, what I do is I cover news everyone ignores. That's what the, um... The little uh, uh, emblem up there in the corner is the news everyone ignores. I go over stuff that we're kind of we're kind of creeping into this um, technocratic dystopia, more control, uh, you know, facial recognition software. Basically, tech giants taking over everything, um, and I just cover this stuff to kind of make everybody aware. So, as I read at the beginning of this article, uh, or at the beginning of of my stream tonight, um, you know, about the officer that was killed, the other two that were wounded in the um, shooting that happened in New Jersey today. Continue to pray for the family of the New Jersey police officer that was killed in the incident. Uh, pray for the um, other officers. They're all, they're all friends with each other up there, you know. Um, pray for them. They're like family. Um, you know, pray for the family of the uh, of the other officers. Pray for the um, families of the of the civilians that were also killed. Um, I hate to say this, but I think as we get further along, um, we're going to probably see more of this happen. And I don't know, like I said, I don't know everything that happened with this situation. But if more comes out, then I post it on my socials or whatever. Um, but. If you want to find, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Discord, um, DLive Twitch, all those things, all those links are in the about section of my YouTube channel. So I'm going to go ahead and get off here. If you listen to the podcast, I appreciate it. Thank you for that. Um, if you like the video, like and subscribe to the channel. And until next time, you guys take care of each other, pray for one another, love one another. 
Um, Shalom and Yah bless. I can't. 